Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. excited about today's message. We, we started at the beginning of the year uh, with our, our theme of uh, the returning, refining, and rebuilding and uh, we, for 2023, the NR23. And, we, and in that course, we've, we've been preaching on Nehemiah throughout the, the whole year here in different segments. And so at the end of this year, we're able to complete it. The last chapter in Nehemiah, but I believe it's great timing. The Lord brought us all the way through. And, and in this vein of preaching through Nehemiah, he also gave us this word of breakthrough. And we went on a, a little side note and uh, went on and looked at the story of uh, Perez and the descendants of, of Christ and what a powerful uh, time in the word. And so we've held on to the presence of the Lord throughout the, the year. That was one of the themes that came out. And breakthrough is another one. So we're uh, into this year, we're looking at hold on to the breakthrough. Go ahead and say that with me. Hold on to the breakthrough. Now, I was working through different titles. Uh, I ended with this one, but there's a couple. If you look at this passage, when we're going to look at together, that I could chose that one of them is like, don't forsake the breakthrough. Uh, one of them, I didn't, this would have been a good one. Don't mess, don't mess up the breakthrough. Okay. Someone go ahead and say that with me as a side one. Don't mess up the breakthrough. So by doing that, we've got to hold on to it. I mean, how many believes that God wants us to have breakthrough in our lives? and breakthrough in our families, and breakthrough in our church, and breakthrough in this community to reach the lost. And, and there's different things that we can tie breakthrough uh, to. And so uh, that's how we're going to end this year. I'm excited about the word that the Lord's already put on my heart for next year, and I'll share that uh, next week. So you'll want to be back and, uh, um, and trust in the Lord for what He has in store. Let's go ahead and grab our Bibles. And uh, this is the last time we can say the declaration of the word of this year. So let's do it the best we can. I believe this is the word of God. I believe it's fully the word of God in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm ready to receive from God's word today. I'm alert, I'm listening, and I'm hungry. Lord, open my ears to hear and my heart to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is good. Well, you have an outline there. Uh, the songs were printed there for you, and then on the back, some of you have uh, binders. I will let you know there will be binders available again uh, for this year, and so uh, and so if you want those, we'll get those going next week. Um, then on the back of your, your song list is, a, is an outline to follow. I'm gonna, in his first three verses, I'm not going to hang out here long, but I don't want to forsake the, uh, the passage and, and skip hardly anything. It's a long passage. Uh, We'll work through a lot of the verses this morning. I know this seems like more of a teaching setting, but I believe the Lord is still in this. Uh, I'll do my best to preach. I may get up and run at one point. I don't know, but uh, uh, we'll just trust the Lord. And, um, but I want you to hear this first part. God turned, turns a curse into a breakthrough. And how many knows that God is able to do that in your life? If enemy tries to bring curses and, and destruction in your life, God is able to turn things around. So I want you to hear these first three verses, and you can go back sometime uh, to the book of Numbers, 
chapter, I believe it's uh, Numbers chapter 20, uh, I think it's in Numbers now, now I've said it, um, it's uh, uh, the story of Balaam, uh, like Numbers chapter 22 through 24, um, so you can look and see what's going on, but here's what happens. Now remember, we started out this series looking at the book of Nehemiah, laying that foundation again. Uh, the people of Israel, the God's people were taken into captivity. You know, the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom were destroyed. Uh, the people were taken into captivity. They're in Persian Empire now. The Babylonians took them in, but the Persians defeated the Babylonians. Now we're under the realm of the, Babylon, or of the Persians, and the, uh, the king allows them to go back home to Jerusalem. And in Ezra's time, they went back first to rebuild the temple. And now, in Nehemiah's day, he went back because he got word that the people were still uh, in distraught, that, that things weren't going very good, and he knew the wall wasn't built, and his heart was broken, and he had favor with the king to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls, to, to protect the city, and God gave him favor, gave him supplies, and so he goes back, and, and so now we're ending this story and so we look through that, the story that there was many breakthroughs that came along. God's favor was with them to restore the temple and to restore the wall for the protection of the city. They were reading the Word of God. Remember in, in our series that we went throughout the year and reading the Word of God, some of them hearing it for the really the first time, taking it in, their hearts begin to melt and they begin to feel uh, guilty of what happened because of the, of the sins of their fathers and forefathers. That's why they were led into captivity. And they began to, to weep and, and, and Nehemiah and the, and the readers of the Word said, wait, no, let this Word change your heart. Let this word give you joy, and the joy of the Lord is your strength. So we have strength in, in the Lord. There's a breakthrough when we hear his word and respond to his word, allowing him to change us. And so we've been going through this process, walking through the, all the story of them rebuilding the wall. They did it in a, in a fantastic time of, of 52 days. God was with them. But everything wasn't perfect just because they got the wall up, all right? Someone needs to hear that. Everything's not just perfect because you get the wall up. We've got to stay in the fight, keep our eyes on Jesus, stay on chorus, and keep hearing what he's telling us to do, and keep doing what he wants us to do. So this first one here is, is God turns this curse into a breakthrough. And I just want you to hear these first three verses when they begin to read the word again. On that day, they read from the book of Moses in the hearing of the people, and in it was found written that no Amorite or Moabite should ever come into the assembly of God. Now again, we're in Old, Old Testament. Now, I want to let you know that in the New Testament, when Christ came, he died that anyone who calls on the name of Jesus can be saved. How many believes that? No matter what part of the world that they're born in, uh, and we're blessed that they have someone from Germany. Uh, I'm glad about that. And Brandy and I, have been, and our pastor, we've had uh, many families have had uh, foreign saints to it, and it's such a wonderful thing. So now we're a global church right now, so I just want you to hear that. Uh, and so we, we thank the Lord that no matter where you're at around the world, when you call on the name of Jesus to be forgiven of your sins, He will forgive us. But in this Old Testament, before Christ came, uh, there was there were some things that was happening because there was people that were against the people of God and God brought destruction to them. We see that in the Old Testament. There will be destruction of those who do not follow God and, and when Christ returns. That's what we're looking for, to His return. Amen? And so I just wanted you to hear the context. But here's what they're saying. Because of what happened in the past, they're not allowed to be a part of the assembly right now. They, they, this is the Old Testament Verse 2, because they did not meet the children of Israel with bread and water, 
but they hired Balaam against them to curse them. However, our God turned the curse into a blessing. So if you go back to Numbers chapter 22 through 24, you'll see the story of Balaam. Remember Balaam's donkey? Uh, that story where the donkey begins to talk and someone's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, a donkey in the Bible spoke. Uh, and, um, and so if God can use a donkey, then he can use one now. I don't know what that means, but I just know that he can use anybody that's willing to be used by God. He's able to speak. And so, Lord, help us get out of your way and, and, and let your word walk through us. Okay. However, God turned it into a blessing. So it was when they had heard that the law, the law that they separated all the mixed multitude from Israel. So they started doing some housekeeping then to get things back in line because God gave them favor to go out of bondage, uh, out of the place where they were held in bondage, back home. And so it says, if we're going to uh, be here, let's do it right the way God wanted us to to begin with. How many know sometimes we've got to reflect and go back? How does God want us to do this? Uh, how does God want us to follow him? I don't want to just follow a trend. I don't want to follow what everybody else is doing. I want to follow the word of God and the word that he's given us. So let's move down to this passage. Listen to this. There's a breakthrough by throwing out obstacles for a breakthrough. Getting rid of some stuff. Now before this, Elishab, the priest, having authority over the storerooms of the house of God, was allied with Tobiah. Now remember Tobiah from the beginning of the book. Remember Tobiah and Symbolic? They were, they were discouraged. They got disturbed is actually the word that was, was being used there when they heard that Nehemiah was going to come to check on the people of Israel. It bothered them because they didn't want the people of Israel to flourish. And, and, you, and when you follow this passage, you'll see some, some connections of some other stories in the, in the Bible. They're like, oh, this makes sense of why they're, they're against God's people. But remember Tobiah, he was mentioned. So Elishab, who's the priest, having the authority over the storeroom. What was the storeroom? This is where they brought in the, the tithes and the, and the offerings and those things. That's what the next verse says. And he had prepared for him a large room where previously they had stored the grain offering the frankincense, the articles, the tithes of grain, the new wine and oil, which were commanded to be given to the Levites and singers and the gatekeepers and the, off, and the offerings for the priests. The, the tithe was supposed to come in to take care of those who were working and serving in the, in the, in the temple and, and those places, and that was being forsaken. Tobiah was, uh, was, being, was using it for the wrong reasons, and, and it was taken selfishly, and, so, and, and this priest was helping him out. And Nehemiah finds this out. In fact, he says this, But during all this, I was, in, I was not in Jerusalem, for in the 32nd year, Zacharias, king of Babylon, I had returned to the king. Then after certain days, I obtained leave from the king. He's reminding the, 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 the hearer of this story. I wasn't here when this was happening. But when I got there, I began to change things back to the way it's supposed to be. I began throwing obstacles out that was keeping us from receiving the breakthrough. And, and, and he, he took care of this really quick. And the rebuilding the wall, we've got to, after we got the wall bought, we need to do everything the, the right way. Okay, follow along with this. And I came to Jerusalem, discovered that the evil that Elisheb had done for Tobiah and preparing a room for him in the courts of the house of God. Nehemiah realizes something has to change. Now, why are we looking at this, this passage? Why are we looking through this throughout this year? This is supposed to help us reflect on our own lives. 
in our own lives. We look at the scriptures. Now, what do I, how do I apply this to my life? Is there something that needs to change? Is there something that's not lining up with the word of God that I need? Is there obstacles in my life? Is there obstacles in my house? Is there something in my family that's keeping us from receiving the full favor and blessings of the Lord. If there's obstacles in the house, uh, if there's obstacles in the way, they need to be thrown out to receive a breakthrough. Is it always easy? No. But we've got to make the decision. I'm going to follow Jesus Christ completely, and so I've got to get rid of things, anything that would keep me from receiving the blessing. Verse 8, and it grieved me bitterly. Therefore, I threw all the household goods of Tobiah out of the room. I didn't keep anything that represented Tobiah because Tobiah was evil. He was not for God. He wasn't for the people of God. And so I had to get rid of everything that represented him. I wasn't going to, I didn't want to have any reminders of Tobiah. I didn't want to have any reminders of of what was there because we're going to clean back and I want the reminder of who God is. I want the reminder that God is on my side. I want the reminder that points me to him. And so this is what Nehemiah is saying. Verse nine, then I commanded them to cleanse the rooms and I brought back into them the articles of the house of God with the grain offering and the frankincense. I also realized, I don't want to go too fast here. Not only did he cleanse out, but he brought back. Not only did he get rid of, but he replaced it. Now I'm thinking of the, of the New Testament, uh, when we see in the book of Acts that those, the sons of Sceva that were, uh, they had were demon possessed and, and the demon was cast out, but they didn't put the right things back in. And so it came back seven times harder, right? And I want to let you know that when we make this commitment and then this journey to Jesus Christ and we're constantly looking towards Christ, sanctify me. How many knows that sanctification is an ongoing work in our life? It starts at a point, but we've got to keep drawing nearer and nearer. Keep going back to the cross. I love that, that last song, keep, bring, keep me coming back to the cross. This is, this is where we gain our strength, remembering what Christ has done for us. So not only do we cleanse out, but we have to put back the right things. We've got to put the, the right things in place to serve God. And in here, and you'll see it more, but this is representing giving. Uh, and, and so here's what was happening. Some of them were giving, but it wasn't going to the right place. And, and some of them stopped giving because there was a revival here of, of giving again once Nehemiah had this cleansed out. Let's look at this. Restoring the blessing for a breakthrough. It says, I also realized that the portion for the Levites had not been given them. For each of the Levites and the singers who did the work had gone back to his field. As he said, they, we, we weren't doing things the right way. We weren't blessing those who were, that were leading in worship and doing the, the work of the, of the temple and doing the work of, of God. And then sometimes preaching this stuff gets hard because you might be thinking, well, you're just talking about you and, and preachers and pastors. No, but I want to let you know this. There's a blessing on the church when they bless the pastor and the leaders. There's a blessing. This is found in Scripture because when those who say, I'm going to lead, they left their fields to go work in the, in the temple, but because they weren't being taken care of the right way, they had to leave the place of service and go back into the fields. And Nehemiah said, this is not the way that God had it designed. How many knows that God has the perfect plan? 
and that we've got to be obedient to that plan. And so it is a good thing for a church to bless its leaders, and not just because of who they are, because of what they're doing. They're, if they're doing it with the right heart, they're doing it with the, the right attitude, they're doing it for the right service, it's for the service of God, and then they need to be blessed. And, and so uh, help us understand that as a church. And, and, and we do that outside of this church. We bless missionaries who are, and I'm glad, I, I love our missionary wall, and I want to see it even expand more. But they're giving their heart to the kingdom of God, serving, going to foreign lands that we may not be able to go to, but we can send our, our dollars there. And I'm glad we've been a strong mission church. That's why, again, I love Buy a Tree, Change a Life, because that just helps us again uh, with missionary work. And so we've got to bless those. And this is not to, to say anything about someone who hasn't given their whole life to service uh, of the kingdom, but all of us are called to serve the kingdom all of our life. And we do that at, through our jobs. Uh, if, if everybody left their job and came to the church, we'd have a mess. You know, we'd be like, <laughs> some of us have to work in a workplace, and that's a good thing because that's where you're letting your light shine. I know I've said this before, but it's worth saying again. This is, that's your mission field. You've heard it probably many times in, in churches, but this is where God has placed you. Let the love of Christ shine through you that people know there's something different about you than your coworkers, that you have an opportunity to pray with people at the right time leading them to Jesus Christ. Lord, help let your light shine in us. I want to move on. Verse 11. So I contended with the rulers and said, why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together and set them in their place. He started putting things back in order. Then all Judah brought their tithe of the grain and the new wine and the oil to the storehouse. He restored the principle of tithing the right way. And I want to let you know, this is the best time if you, if you go back and like, I didn't do so good in 2023. Here shortly, you'll be getting your giving statements uh, throughout January. We'll give it for the, the year. And I've said this ever since I started being a pastor. I've always said, here's the best test for you Take your W-2s and, and those things and take your tithing report and look and see if it matches up. Did I give 10% of what I made and my tithing? And if you didn't, then you start praying, Lord, help me do better this year and start making an effort. This is what I'm going to do. If you need to talk to me about that, you need to walk through that, we'll do some teachings. I love to work through you with that because God will bless your home when you're giving to him faithfully. And we can say a big amen, and we should have the whole round now. I'm faithful to giving. He will bless us, and it's a godly principle. So I, I give you this encouragement, this challenge. If you haven't been faithful in, in 2023, let 2024 start off next week. I'm going to be faithful giving my tithe first above everything else. It's called the first fruits. And let's take it to the right place. Let's take it to the house where the Lord is feeding you and helping you grow. And then we'll be faithful in giving it to ministries and doing those things. But God wants you to be faithful to bless your home. Amen? Amen. All right. Here's a, in the middle of this, Nehemiah says a humble prayer for this breakthrough. And, and I want to pray the same thing because Nehemiah is doing some things. He's changing things up. And how many people don't like change? Go ahead and raise your hands. We all, you all just go ahead and raise your hands. It's, a lot of people don't like change. You like it unless you, it messes with something that you don't want to change, right? You're all for it unless it messes with your area. Nehemiah is dealing with change. He's changing some things. And so in the middle of this, he prays, remember me. Oh my God. I've prayed that a lot of times. Remember me. Concerning this, 
about what, what I'm doing. I, I'm doing. I think I'm doing it the right way. I think I, my motives are right. I think my, the, the direction's coming from you, but I need your strength. Remember me, oh God, concerning this, and do not wipe away my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God and for its service. Don't let all the changes go to waste. Nehemiah is looking at He's looking at the story. Remember, I have to keep bringing us back to the story of what happened. They were in captivity. They lost everything. They had the the temple. They had the the, the cities. They were were utterly destroyed. The enemy came in. The Babylonians, the Syrians, they came in, destroyed the two kingdoms, the northern and southern kingdom. They took them into captivity. And this is what God is saying, but I'm not done with you. I'm going to restore you. So don't Go back. Don't mess up the breakthrough. Hold on to the breakthrough. And that's what God is, is telling Nehemiah, and this is what Nehemiah is praying. I don't want to see this go back again. I don't want to see it mess up again. Help, oh Lord, these people. Help me in the changes that we're making that will stay the course, that will hold on till the end. Verse 15, listen to this. Keeping God first for a breakthrough. Everybody say it with me. Keeping God first for a breakthrough. How many know that's, that's the formula right there? I don't like using the word formula too much, but that, that is the formula. You've got to keep God first in your life. So here's what he's saying. He's reflecting. This is what he saw. He goes, in those days I saw people in Judah treading wine presses on the Sabbath. Now remember, you go back, back to Moses. What, Moses was in Egyptian bondage, right? And they were set free because the people of God were, became slaves. Joseph was there. His family came in. But when Joseph died, the thing changed, right? The, the, the Egyptian Pharaoh got nervous because the people of God, the Jewish people, were, were multiplying so greatly. And God had a purpose for them. And so he gets them out of the Egyptian bondage and they, they cross over the, the Red Sea. We hear all those miracles. All these things tying together. And once they were there, God gives them these Ten Commandments. And what was one of the first commandments he gave? Keep the Sabbath day. Right? It's a holy day. Don't forsake the Sabbath. And, and so the teachings of the Jews, the teaching of, of the early uh, people of God was to hold the Sabbath day holy. Don't do anything on this day. In fact, uh, when they were getting the manna from heaven, what were they supposed to do? They were supposed to gather twice as much the day before the Sabbath because they were not going to go out on the Sabbath day to get what they need. The Sabbath was reserved to honor God. So in those days, he said, I saw the people in Judah treading wine presses. When? When were they working? On the Sabbath. They were bringing in the sheaves and loading donkeys with wine, grapes, figs, and all kinds of burdens, which they brought into Jerusalem... The city that was restored, the temple that was rebuilt, the walls that were rebuilt, instead of them thinking about, hey, how did we get here to begin with, they, they forgot how they got into captivity and but was released. They're like, hey, let's just go back and do what we want to do. This is what Nehemiah is saying. He goes, you're doing this again. You're replaying the same thing that you did before. Verse 15, this is a continuation. And I warned them about the day on which they were selling provisions they need to be reminded he goes men of tyra dealt there also who brought in fish and all kinds of goods now men of tyra weren't the people of jerusalem this is people outside the city but here's what they were doing they were bringing their goods and they were selling them to the children of judah 
in Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. Instead of the people saying, we're not going to buy on this day, instead of we're not going to do any business, they were allowing this to happen. Then I contended with the nobles of Judah, and I said to them, what evil thing is this that you do by which you profane the Sabbath day? Did you not, did not your fathers do thus? And did not our God bring all this disaster upon us and on this city? Yet you bring added wrath on Israel by profaning the Sabbath. He's reminding them. So the, it's the responsibility of leaders to remind the people of God how we got here. How many has been set free from sin? Don't go back into it. Whatever you were involved in, when you were forgiven, God washed you clean, white as snow. He broke that bondage off of you, and so don't be bound up by it anymore. Don't go back to those things that you, that you reflected on, that I was a sinner when I did this. For, shake it off. Hold on to Jesus Christ. Hold on to the, the blood of Christ that, that cleansed us. And, and, and hold on to the cross that, that where the power of God was poured out that we may be saved and redeemed. Don't go back to your old ways. This is what Nehemiah is saying to them. This is what I'm sharing as a pastor. Don't go back. Lay it at the foot of the cross. Don't pick it up again. You have been set free. You've been sanctified. You've been bought with a price and by the blood of Christ. And we can. And you're able. Go ahead and tell your Able, you're able to make it through. You're able to be strong in the Lord. You're able. You're able. But hear the warning. This is what the Lord, the word of the Lord, this is what we need to gain from this. Don't go back to the ways. Don't go back. Once you see the freedom and giving to the Lord, don't go back and hold back your tithes. You're not going to get blessings that way. You, you may say, but I'm, but I'm in a real crunch right now. Well, if you want to get out of the crunch, you need to keep your faith and be faithful to God because he'll get you out of the crunch. Amen. Holding on to it's not, you may justify it all the ways that you can. It, don't go to your accountant because they won't, they won't help you out with this. They'll look at your, you did what? You gave, you gave 10 you gave more than 10% because you did tithe and you give missions and offerings. And, what are you thinking? You don't have enough. You need to learn to, we need to, I'll say, I'm not preaching at you. We need to make sure we're good stewards of the rest. And, 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 and I pray all of you to get out of, get out of debt. I, I'm praying that. There's, and, and my wife and I, there's times in our life we were in credit card debt. Thank the Lord we're not in credit card debt now. And we've got a commitment. We ain't getting there again. It was hard when we were young and married. And it's like, why did we do that? Because we wanted it. Go ahead and say, you got, you got fleshly, even if you're saved, you still have flesh does up like, I want it anyway. We've got to be careful of these things. Because the more that we're encumbered by debt, the more bound up that we, that we are to give freely to the kingdom of God. And so this will set you free. At the beginning of this year, I'm putting this in, the, in, in motion. Lord, help us and everything to do. Make right decisions in your household. Make right decisions. But be faithful above everything else. Don't go back. Keep God first for the continuation of the breakthroughs. And he just reminded, isn't this what your fathers did? Isn't this how you got, isn't this how we got in the mess in the first place? So it was, verse 19, so it was at the gates of Jerusalem 
as it began to be dark before the Sabbath, that I commanded the gates to be shut and charged that they must not be opened till after the Sabbath. He's saying, I'm putting a stop to this. I'm, I'm telling the gates are going to be closed, and, and on this Sabbath, nobody's going to be able to come in, and nobody's going to be able to sell things and do things. We're going to make the Sabbath day a holy day again. And then continuation of the verse, Then I posted some of my servants at the gates so that no burdens would be bought or brought in on the Sabbath day. There were some gatekeepers. How many is ready to be a gatekeeper for your house? Do uh, You need to make some decisions. I'm going to be the protector of this home. Uh, we're not going to let things come in. We're not going to go back. We're going to do the right thing. We're going to declare it in the name of God and the name of Jesus because we have to have breakthrough. How many is ready for another breakthrough? Don't you celebrate when you get a breakthrough? We've got to keep praying for the continuation of breakthroughs in our lives, and it happens with our faithfulness to Him. And so we need to be some gatekeepers uh, ready to serve, saying, Nothing's getting past me. We're going to keep the Sabbath day holy. Verse 23. I want you to really hone in on this in our, one of our final sections reclaiming our children for a breakthrough. I've not given up on this thought of prodigals coming home, the returning, refining of ourselves. How many believe that 23 has been a refining year for, for you spiritually? Anybody feel like you've gone through some refining process? And, and we want to continue in that. This is what he saw, though. In those days, I also saw Jews who married women of Ashdod, Ammon, and Moab. Now, here's again, Old Testament the people of, of God, the Jewish people, were forbidden to marry outside of the Jewish people. And this is what got them in a mess. And you'll see this through this passage, that even Solomon, when he began to marry foreigners, he began to worship the false idols that they worshipped. And it caused a mess. This, is the, this was the downfall of the people of Israel. And so here we are again. He says they, it doesn't take them long to go back to doing the things that the forefathers did that got them in trouble. He says, and half of their children spoke the language of Ashdod and could not speak the language of Judah. He's saying the children, were, they, they weren't even able to speak the language of the people of God. They were speaking a foreign language of Ashdod. Does, does Ashdod ring a bell for anybody? In the book of 1 Samuel, you see the story where the Philistines came in, I believe it's 1 Samuel chapter 4, and the Philistines stole the Ark of the Covenant. Remember that? And the Philistines took it and they gave it, it's chapter 5, gave it to the, the people of Ashdod to hold on to it. And while it was there, they didn't just take it to the city, but they took it to the temple of Dagon. Remember that? Dagon. And in that temple, the, the big statue fell over. And so what they do? The next day they put it back up and God knocked the statue down again. And it aggravated the people, but God wasn't done. He says, because my presence doesn't belong them there because you're not serving me. He began to give them tumors and boils on the skin of the people of Ashdod. These people, Tobiah is a part of that group. There's a connection there. That's why they didn't want the, the people of God to, to come back and really to take over Jerusalem again. But what's happening here, the, the people that came back from captivity into Jerusalem begin to marry the foreigners again. 
going back, doing the same thing they did. If you get the message this morning, don't go back. Hold on to the breakthrough. I, like, I should have changed the message. Don't mess up the breakthrough. <laughs> don't mess it up by going back. But they were speaking the language of Judah. They spoke according to the language of the other people. So I contended with them. You're going to love this verse. You're going to be glad I'm not Nehemiah. I contended with them and cursed them. And he struck some of them. And he pulled out their hair. I'm not going to do that to anybody. You've got to be happy about that. But this is how furious Nehemiah was with them. Reminded, do you not get it? Don't go back. We've had a breakthrough. Did you see all the, the timber that I brought with me to rebuild the wall? That was because I had favor with the king because I had favor with God. Let's don't, make up, let's don't mess up the breakthrough. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. Let's keep moving forward. Let's keep staying under the banner that there's going to be a returning. There's going to be a refining. There's going to be a rebuilding. Is anybody ready for this? Are you seeing I'm ready for next year that we can't do this because there's too many people that's going to be here on a, on a Sunday morning, even in the holiday season, that we can't move the chairs like this. I'm telling you, there's, it's coming. We've got to keep holding on. We've got to keep moving forward. We've got to keep believing. But we can't mess up what God has already done. Hold on to the shift. If some of you have been with us in the last couple of years, there's been a, there's been a shift and, and we're holding on. God, what are you saying? Because we want to get back to what your one is. We want to get back to the full purpose of everything here. And I believe that God has good days ahead of us. We celebrate all the years that this church has been here. Celebrate all the ones who've come through, who've given their heart to Jesus and, and, and followed Him. And I'm praying for everyone who, who came to an altar is, is in a church somewhere today. But I know that's not true. We know that it happens everywhere. There's people who just fall away. My heart is God help us reach those again to get them back into the house of the Lord. But Lord, we want to not just go after the ones who've already heard the story. We want to get the ones who've never heard the story. And you believe me that there's still people around who've never heard the story? That's why some of them in this story here begin to do the things that they didn't know because they, they weren't familiar with the Word of God. But Nehemiah got him back on the right course and breakthrough happened. But he began to come against them and begin to correct them, saying, You shall not give your daughters as wives to their sons, nor take their daughters for your sons or yourselves. He's just saying we've got to stay in line with what God has given the people of God. Get back to His commands. Verse 26, did, you not, did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin by these things? Yet among many nations there was no king like him, who was beloved of his God, and God made him king over all Israel. Nevertheless, even though God set him up in this, even though God ordained this, nevertheless, pagan women caused, him, caused even him to sin. So this is where it gets really important. We've got to be careful with our friendships. Now, we want to be a witness to all our friends who are not serving God. But there's a difference of witnessing to them and doing things with them that's not a good witness. We've got to be careful of that. We've got to, yes, we've got to be sanctified and let the light of God shine through us. And it's hard sometimes because we've built some good relationships and friendships with, with people uh, and they're close to us. But they need to see a change in us. They need to see that there's a difference in us. And, and I've got to, now I don't want to lose my friends, but I, want to, I don't want to lose them to hell. I don't want to lose them to the enemy, but I want them to see the light of Christ within me. So I've got to be careful. I've got to protect my testimony. Yeah. 
And your testimony is going to be tested at times. The enemy is going to test you. But greater, I've said it many times, it's the word of God. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. This is what it means to hold on to the breakthrough. Don't give any inch back. I wish I had a big rope right now. We would do tug of war. Anybody ever done tug of war before? It's not safe. Don't let your kids do it. I'm telling you, you get hurt. But, but you know the game. Holding on to a thick rope. And usually they make it fun like some big mud pit in the middle, right? You know, you're like, I, I, we don't want to go in. And the guy in the back, he, that's the worst one. Because they're like, I'll tie it around my waist. Bad idea. Don't do it. You're going to have rope burn. You're going to be in pain. But here's what happens. You start tugging and pulling. And what happens when you start getting the momentum and it's going your way? You know, you're like, yeah, yeah. And if you get one little tug back, oh, oh, right? I mean, it, I mean you could be 20 feet farther and you just got one more inch for them to go in. But if they give any more back, you go, oh, no, no, we don't want to give them an inch. In this tug of war of life that we're in, there's a battle between flesh and spirit. Isn't that what the Word of God says? And this always tugging and there's this war. And you get a spiritual victory and then all of a sudden you feel like there's a defeat and you're like, oh no. But I want to let you know through the power of Christ, you're not going to get pulled into the dirt and the mud. Keep on pulling. Keep on working. Don't give up. Hold on to the breakthrough. God is going to help us through this. So let's do the Bible. Are you ready? This week, read Proverbs 22, verse 6, and Romans 12, 1 and 2, and you're like, I've read Romans 12, 1 and 2 again. Go back and read it again. So powerful. This is the word of the Lord speaking to us, and here's the simple, and I gave it easy for you, because I ran out of room. I didn't want to use another side, so I went ahead and filled the blanks in for you. So read it with me. Are you ready? Pray this. Lord, help me hold on to the breakthrough in my life and live out my reasonable service to be an example to my children, my grandchildren, and to the children of my church. Because some of you are like, I don't have children, or my children are grown. I don't have grandchildren yet. But there's children in this church that need to see godly examples. But in your own homes, they need to see the godly example. They need to know where we stand, our grandchildren, praying blessings over them and protection over them, but not only just praying, but living it out before them. Don't give them a reason to doubt that you've been sanctified or saved. Yeah, it's a challenge. It's a challenge that, that we've we got to watch every word that we say. Not that you have problems cussing or things like that, but just the way that we say it. We've, we've got this challenge. I want the fruit of the Spirit. There's that battle again, right? Of the flesh and the Spirit. Let the fruit of the Spirit be alive in us. That's why we close every week and we say Psalms 1914. I know it's on here. Let the words of my mouth, right? This is why we do this. Just go ahead and practice that. Ready? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Don't just say that on a Sunday morning. Say that in the morning before you go to work. And you go out the door. Let's read a couple of verses as our praise team comes back. Proverbs 22. You've heard this verse. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Hold on to that. No matter where you're at in your life, 
we're able to influence our, our grandchildren, our children, the children of this church, because I believe the Lord will remind these. I just want to pray right now. Lord, we just pray into the, to our families, to our children, no matter what age they are, that you'll bring to their memory children's church classes, vacation Bible school, different things. They're reminded of the Word of God. They're reminded of your love. If they're not following you, Lord, I pray, knock on their heart this very hour. Let them know that they are loved by you, they're loved by this church, they're loved by their family. We pray for our, our loved ones. And again, I, I appreciate our children's church, our children's church workers, many of you are involved in that on a rotation. And that's not a bad thing. It's good for the kids to see different people investing into their lives. And maybe some of you are not a part of the children's church say, hey, I just wouldn't mind volunteering. I don't want to teach, but I'll go and help with the snacks or whatever. And just once every six weeks or once every couple of months, just so they can see you in a different place. And that you'll see that you'll build a bond with them out there and there. And then when you see them in a foyer, they will do what they do with Sister Annette. They'll come and run and give you a hug. Did anybody ever get melted by a hug from a young little... When they'll go out of their way to hug you, you're like, oh, wow. Because, you know, when they get teenagers, they'll go out of their way not to see you, right? And we're, So what we're trying to do is build a bond when they're kids, that when they're teenagers, they're still coming up and giving us that same hug. That we're still able to speak into their life. That they're still able to hear that their love, in spite of what they go through and what they're faced, decisions that they make. How many, how many of you ever made a wrong decision as a teenager? Some of you are not raising your hands. I think every one of us probably speaks. But aren't you glad that God didn't give up on you and that people still loved you? So that's what the culture we want here, to be known, noticed, and loved. No matter someone's mistakes, no matter what they've done, they have a heart that's bent towards God and like, I want, I want to be forgiven. I want to get back God is able to give them the breakthrough. And they can keep moving in that breakthrough. So we never remind people of their past. We just want to encourage them with their future. This is the God that we serve. And this is how we do it. Romans chapter 12. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Why is that so important for us? That's the only way that we can be an example for others. It starts with us personally. Holy, acceptable to God. Which is your reasonable service? Now think about this next verse as we just completed Nehemiah chapter 13, the whole story. They were even dealing with being conformed back to the world again. Nehemiah came in and straightened that out. We can't go back and do the things of the world. This is what Paul says. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What renews your mind? The Word of God. Let the Word of God renew it. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. The new word for next year is renewing. It's renewing. That you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Lord, we submit to you right now. Can we go ahead and stand to our feet?
We worship you, Lord. We magnify you. As they sing this song, just make this place where you're at an altar. Just lay all your burdens and cares down this morning. As we end this year, looking forward into the next year, I come to the altar. Yeah. Mm-hmm.